Hey everyone, my name is Noah Barnett. I'm the VP of Marketing here at Feather. And today in the studio, like always, I'm joined by New Tay, the curator of the Good Marketing Brief here at Feather. Hey, New, how are you doing? Hi, Noah. I'm doing good. How are you? I, I'm going to be honest, I've been doing better, but I'm doing better than I was on Saturday. And so for the listeners, I was telling you prior to the recording that I had to have an emergency appendix removal surgery all of a sudden. You know, I coached my kid's soccer team on Saturday morning. We then had a 13th birthday party for my son. My kid turned 13. That's crazy. I have a teenager now. And then in the middle of that, I was feeling awful. Luckily, have access to an ER really close by, went there, and then had to have surgery. So it's kind of strange to have surgery. I was not expecting that. But I'm on the up and up. I'm in good spirits and on the mend and grateful for our healthcare professionals, especially the nurses. There, I, nurses the do almost all of the heavy lifting, no offense, surgeons, but they made my experience, you know, I was there for about 36 hours total. They made my experience incredible. So shout out to any nurses or healthcare professionals, grateful for your work. Um, and I uh, got to experience that firsthand. So thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. It's yeah. super scary, I'm sure, but I'm glad to hear that you're on the mend. And it sounds like you're all better. Yeah. yeah, no, indeed. And I think, again, it just reminds you that life is crazy. And I think as a marketer, you have to also remind yourself of this, that like the community you're trying to connect with at any given time is going through a trillion random things, right? And so if someone's ignoring your email or not responding on the Thursday you planned your fundraising campaign or like have to cancel last minute to an event you're hosting, that stinks as a marketer. It's mm -hmm. like people are humans and we just have to kind of expect that that's just going to happen. And as we talked about on a previous brief, you know, it's, that's not an indication that people are ungenerous. You know, they're just unimaginative and really busy. And I experienced this week and I had to cancel all my plans. Luckily, my son still had an amazing birthday party. Um, but yeah, we just had to pivot and make changes yeah. and mm -hmm. prioritize. And your community, my community is doing that on a regular basis. So we have to have Absolutely. empathy for that embedded in our marketing. Yeah, good understanding, because I mean, you're right. I think that when we don't get a response, we're like, hello, like, did you not get my email? What's up? But then you realize that they could be going through a health scare could be a family emergency maybe they're just busy with work so yeah, having yeah. that empathy and understanding um keeps you in check you know as Absolutely. you're building these relationships yeah it also i think especially at end of year you know we've talked the past few weeks on the brief about how like how do you stand out you know there's such competition for attention Mm -hmm. And I think that the other thing I'm reminded too is not only having empathy that your community is going through a lot of stuff too. They're experiencing the busy and the hustle and the grind just as much as you are. But also we can't over-index on any given activity within marketing. You know, it's you can't just be like, we're putting all of our eggs in this event basket or we're going to send these mm -hmm. three beautifully, highly edited, creative emails and we're going to raise $100,000 like... We're putting too much kind of like weight on things that, again, the majority of the time are just not seen by our community or could be missed. That doesn't mean people don't want to be involved. That We just have to think more surround sound. How do we stay consistent? How do we stay present in our communities 
um, lives, especially during this end of year season, which I feel like is a great segue into our topic for this week. So speaking of that, what was our topic for the Good Marketing Brief this week? Yeah. So Giving Tuesday, I, I have to stop and apologize really quick. If you hear a faint moaning in the background of a small child, that is my son waking up from his nap. So the nanny is unbelievable. Can they not plan their naps around my schedule? No, I'm just kidding. Gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, we need predictable sleep patterns. Exactly. And it, Man, my eight month, he really needs to get it together so he can adjust to my schedule. I'm going to send him a performance <laughs> review. You <Yeah>. know? <laughs> I'll hand it to him. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. So this week we have more year end goodness. Giving Tuesday is, I guess, like just over two weeks now, which is very real and very scary. Um, but I wanted to just bring it back to the forefront profit sector really quick and just um, understand what they're doing and learn ways that nonprofits can learn from it and see how they can refine their end of year strategies. Um, right now there's, I don't know about you, but after this, after October 31st, I suddenly got blasted with Black Friday um, advertisements and maybe I'm just noticing it more this year, but I feel like that usually doesn't happen until like mid late November. Mm -hmm. um, so I dove into that a little bit. Um, I saw some advertisements over the weekend because my husband is an avid football watcher. So all the big advertisements usually play during the big games. Um, so two that I saw this weekend were the Walmart one with when they reunited the entire, the, the big players from mean girls to do, um, a very nostalgic and nostalgic and very millennial targeted ad to, you know, get the Walmart brand out there. And it's really just um, bringing the cast members together, but in like feature day. So they're all like adults and they're like parents and they're shopping and they're Gretchen is still, is still trying to make fetch happen. And, you know, it, it's funny for me, it was great because it triggered my like, teen years of when I, I loved Mean Girls. And so um, they did a really good job at emotionally connecting with at least like my age group and um, kind of attracting them to the brand a little bit. The uh, other one makes that I- makes sense because, yeah. no, just to jump in here, and I think this is relevant mm -hmm. for nonprofits, is nostalgia isn't like just a, a hot trend, but I think what we are seeing is nostalgia callbacks to things that millennials remember when they were in their youth mm -hmm. are really popular because millennials actually have some of the largest uh, control over regular spending habits, especially, you know, for a Walmart customer or Walmart customer base, you know, millennials actually a huge thing. So how do they kind of reminisce and then reinforce maybe Walmart as um, an ideal place for them to shop? And we're seeing this across a bunch of different brands, both in media mm -hmm. and in consumer brands. Even the Barbie throwback was like also kind of a nostalgia thing. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like there's just so many different things that are coming back. Absolutely. Um, but also the number uh, or the, the majority of the workforce today is millennials as well. And so mm -hmm. I think as we're even thinking as nonprofits, how do we not only continue to engage the greatest generation and the baby boomers, but as both the 
majority of working class or working um, population is millennials and greatest gen and baby boomers continue to pass off their wealth to millennials. Millennials mm -hmm. are very quickly going to become a very significant portion of philanthropic and charitable giving. Yeah, when maybe absolutely. five to 10 years ago, we were like, oh, they're the future of giving. Now it's like they're on the precipice of being the primary. So I know this isn't the goal of this brief, but thinking about nostalgia as part of our fundraising strategies might be a topic mm -hmm. for a future brief. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely um, something to consider. And especially as, you know, this great wealth transfer happens, um, the giving behaviors of millennials and baby boomers are significantly different. So making sure you're kind of adapting um, and adjusting your language to appeal to more the younger generation. For sure. So I know oh. you said uh, in the brief this week that you feel like Black Friday has now become Black November. Yes. And what is the impact of that on nonprofits? Yeah. So your donors, obviously, they're consumers, like any other time of the day. Um, they're getting blasted by these emails and these communications and these ads from big brands like Walmart, like Target, like Amazon, who are, have already started kind of getting them primed for the deals that are coming up. Um, for the rest of the month, but especially Black Friday. And that begs the question for nonprofits of like, you know, we tr traditionally have waited closer to Giving Tuesday to actually inform our donors what we're doing. But with the, the, the traffic on the web and on their online interactions already starting, it might be a good opportunity to review what you're doing and seeing if it's worth an earlier push so you can get more messaging out, more communication um, in front of the people that you want so that you're driving that um, brand awareness and campaign awareness uh, for end of year. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that was the biggest takeaway I had from the brief was not looking at just the last 45 days of the year, or the last 30 days of the year, but like, what is the last 60 days? And, you know, we're already eight days into that time period, but really, how are you can creating a consistent drumbeat and connections with your community throughout the next 60 days, even if they all still give or the majority of giving still happens in that last three day period of the year, giving Tuesdays a little bit of a bump and then it goes there. That's not the only time you want to be communicating because you want to make sure you stay relevant throughout the next 45, 60 days, not just in those key giving periods, because the prior engagement and the post engagement is going to make sure that those key times, you're going to have higher yield of results. Absolutely. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned uh, Walmart already, where they're trying mm -hmm. to kind of take this emotional appeal. You also bring up Coke yeah. in this week's brief. Um, what can we learn from Coke? And mm -hmm. then how does that roll into some of the other uh, resources that you shared? Yeah. So... I, love, I really love this ad. It just, uh, again, it brings it back the, the childhood memories, the nostalgia. I think Coke always has had a long running history by using Santas in their um, end of year campaigns. And I think while they created the modern image of Santa. I think I read it in a book on branding. Oh, really? That the current version of what we yeah. depict, like if I said, draw Santa to a kid or maybe even to an adult, that current depiction 
was mm-hmm. actually created by Coke through advertising. From my That's understanding, so cool. don't quote me yeah, on yeah, that, yeah. but I think that is a <laughs> no, marketing by Coke manufacturer of Santa. Yeah. So Coke has been at this game for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And I mean, watching the ad, it like, <laughs> it's going to sound so cheesy, but I got like a little bit goosebumps because it reminded me of my childhood. Cause so our family growing up was, we were Coke drinkers. We didn't like Pepsi. Um, so during the holidays, I remember the cans would have the Santa photo, like the painting or like the, the graphic on there. And I used to get super excited at the end of the year. And I would beg my parents, like, can we get like a new box of like Coke so that I could have the cans? Cause I would keep them. Um, so as I was watching this, it just triggered just like a lot of emotion for me as like a kid who grew up with Coke. Um, and so they took a different, a little bit of a di- different direction by being less product centric. Of course, you still see Coke throughout the commercial, but it's really uh, focused on kindness. And it, the ad is called "The World Needs More Santa." So you can see, so everybody in the the ad is a Santa, and it's like everyone's doing something out of goodwill. So holding a door or giving this person the last Coke. Um, and so what this shows me is that it, again, triggers the emotional appeal and emotional connection for people. And um, it's just valuable for nonprofits to think about what that connection between your mission and your donors are and really lean into that. You don't have to do anything super innovative. You don't have to do anything that's like crazy new and fancy, but just knowing what your mission is and knowing what resonates with your audience and really leaning into that. Absolutely. And I think this is also interesting because some of what is embedded in this ad, you wouldn't necessarily think of as like fundraising strategy because it's not like that direct ask. Mm -hmm. It's more of what you might put as like marketing. But I think as we're thinking about our end of year fundraising campaigns, and we talked about this a few weeks ago as well is you want to have this kind of like emotional story arc that you're taking supporters on. And it really requires marketing and fundraising to work really closely together. Mm-hmm. And I know you included an interview with Courtney Bulger, and she was prior previously the chief marketing, off, or chief marketing officer and chief development officer at Piedmont Park. And she talked about this as well. You know, she was overseeing fundraising, but also the marketing and using best practices for marketing and storytelling as the anchor of the umbrella for your fundraising efforts can just create a more effective experience for your community and connect them more deeply with your cause and ultimately increase fundraising revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that conversation. And another podcast that I also featured in the brief was the What the Fundraising podcast with Mallory Erickson. Wait, what the what? Um, what, what, the <laughs> what fundraising? The what? what the fundraising? <laughs> I love, I love that podcast i love yeah yeah, it's all good she's great um but she had crystal fraser on on the episode in this particular episode who is has been in the fundraising space for a while now and has been is like a international speaker i think she's about to release a book um and they really dive into the art of the ask right and to challenge fundraisers to think about beyond the ask, because that's, you know, that's not the entire point of fundraising. It's really to build these relationships um, with donors and get them to feel 
connected to the mission and want to support the mission um, through giving, through volunteering, through fundraising. Um, and so what she says is that, you know, as a fundraiser, she's not blind that everyone has a benchmark, right? You have revenue goals uh, that you have to hit, but instead of, what was game changing for her is that she stopped focusing on the numbers, right? In short, yet to these numbers, but trying to think about it in the mindset of like, what do I, as a person, as a human, what is about my personality, my value that I can provide and how can we build this relationship so that people feel more connected to me and then we can go through the process of getting to know each other, learning more about each other. I can tell them about this mission that we have and the cause that's so important to me and kind of coax them along as we make this ask. So we talked about the art of the ask. We talked about the hybrid overlays of fundraising and marketing and kind of the inspiration we can pull from this nostalgia that Coke and Walmart embedded. But then we get really practical. And you shared two resources that really outline like a series of steps. The first was a guide by some of our um, marketing specialists here at Feather, where they provided eight tips. Um, so you can find that in the brief. You know, one that stood out to me was that you have to market to the right people. And I talk a lot about this is that marketing is about the market and then coordinating a set of ings. And too often we do ing market where we just do a bunch of things toward a market. I think that's even more relevant at end of year. The mm -hmm. other resource was Tobes, who we talk about all the time. He's a great partner of Feathers, uh, brilliant mind in nonprofit marketing. He provided a no panic project plan for December. Can you kind of unpack this a little bit? Yeah. So I love this because he breaks it down week by week in December, week one, week two, week three, week four. And he includes channels that you should be um, kind of targeting, right? He includes top of the funnel, mid funnel, and then bottom of the funnel strategies and channels that you should be you know, reaching out to with your supporters with. But the best part is that while it's super robust and has helped him kind of scale marketing and drive fundraising revenue for year end, Wherever you are in the process of your year and campaign planning, whether it's, you know, it's fully complete and you can just, you know, look at these, uh, this guideline for inspiration, or if, you know, year end has kind of gotten under you and you're kind of like last minute planning, this gives you a template where you can remove or add different strategies, um, to your, to your marketing plan that fits your audience, your needs, and, you know, your campaign. And it's very practical. Like it's very much mm -hmm. like, hey, if you're here, do A, then B, then C. That's what I love about Tobes. He can like zoom up and hang out in the conceptual world at thirty thousand feet, and then he's like, okay, we're at the three foot level. Let's go. <laughs> and so it's a great article. Definitely check it out in the brief. And if you're not subscribed to the brief, you can click on the link below in the show notes or in the YouTube description and grab the full good marketing brief from mm -hmm. this week. And speaking of last minute planning. You also included a link to some other resources mm -hmm. for end of year planning. Could you kind of share what those were and why yeah. someone should check them out? Absolutely. Um, so I shared some 
all the resources from actually your team. I think you guys are doing so much to help nonprofits with end of year marketing. I know you have a webinar coming up next week on exceeding end year goals with good marketing. And you're kind of pulling in a lot of examples of year end campaigns um, and showcasing all the lessons that were learned and some practical advice um, that could help nonprofits as they're kind of fine tuning their campaign. Um, and then I did one more resource that was a previously like on-demand webinar that was previously hosted on improving year-end email performance with some of your team members. Um, and on top of that, you can get the year-end toolkit, which has swipe files. It has other on-demand webinars that people can check out for year-end. It has some quick clips from um, best practices from Chandler and Aaron. And so I think there's just a lot of useful resources that might drive some inspiration for nonprofits as they're you know, about to launch their campaign or even to go back and check it out as they're iterating on their campaign in December. Yeah, absolutely. This brief was perfect. It had a little bit of mix of inspiration, a little bit of mix of kind of conversations and kind of guidance from others, but then really mm -hmm. practical tips. So if you're in the middle of end of year planning and you want just to kind of calibrate yourself against best practices, definitely check out the link below for the full link to the good marketing brief from this week. And yeah, that's a wrap on this week. Mm -hmm. um, what are we looking for? Like as we transition from end of year planning to end of year execution, mm -hmm. where are you thinking, where are you heading with the brief in the coming weeks? Yeah. So as we get closer to Giving Tuesday and head into December, um, I understand that nonprofits will probably be ready to launch. They're not going to be changing anything anytime soon. Um, but some of the topics that I kind of want to drive in on are iteration, how to iterate the campaign based on what you're seeing in the data, what the results like, and how you can kind of be a little bit more strategic in how you're approaching your campaign. And then also A-B testing. I think A-B testing is going to be a big one as you understand how you can test against your results and what tests you should be running. Excellent. Well, New, as always, we enjoy connecting with you on Fridays here in the studio. And we'll do it again next week. Um, and so if you're interested in subscribing to the Good Marketing Brief, feel free to click the link below. And hopefully between now and then, neither of us have any more surprise surgeries. Um, or hazards, but if we do, you know, we just gotta stay flexible. Stay flexible. Yeah. But power you through. always power through. <laughs> That's kind of the theme of this season right now. Yeah. It's like you gotta just power through, stay focused, exactly. remind ourselves and each other that we're all just humans trying to make the world somewhat better of a place. And so, again, look forward to connecting with you next week and following Absolutely. up on the good marketing brief. Until then, good. see ya. Bye, everyone.